0: Before we jump into the show, just want to mention that there's sensitive material discussed in this episode, including threats to our personal safety. Please listen with care. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Liz Waterstrott. Hello, Liz. Hi, Sarah. How are you and your dry cough doing? (laughs) We're doing great. Yes. It's funny, maybe
1: ironic, that after we did our podcast on (laughs) staying healthy, (laughs) I got sick for the second time in a month. Oh, gosh.
0: Wow. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Mm. So do you have any race coming up that this puts a kibosh on or no? I have a race, but this is just a bump
1: in the road. It's... Mm. It's only been a few days, and it seems to be resolving. So crossing mm-hmm. my fingers, I think I'm okay. Mm. So what's the race? I'm doing a race in Texas in the middle of October. It's a, it's a half Ironman. Mm. And what's it called? <laughs> it's really exciting. Are you ready?
0: Mm.
1: Waco 70.3. <laughs> I'm traveling to Waco, uh-huh. which, if you grew up in my generation, I'm sure it brings up something.
0: Yes, FBI raids and, and <laughs> David Koresh. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh-huh. but but I think more along the lines of fixer upper. Oh, I know. Oh, that was my second thought. That was my second. I'm dating yes. myself by saying that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, are so. you going to drive around and look at some of the houses? I mean, is there kind of a street of dreams, or are they just kind of scattered all around Waco? These
1: are things I will discover once I am in Waco.
0: Okay, or I bet some people will comment on Instagram and tell you and say you have to go here, you have to go here and I assume yes. does she have a store? Do they have a store there? Oh yeah, she has
1: it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. I think it's the silos and it's it's, mm. it's a market and a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'll have the time to go to this, but maybe.
0: Oh, make time. Yeah, I should. <laughs> And I'm so, I'm terrible. I can completely visualize the couple, but nothing's coming to me for their names. And people are right now shouting. Oh,
1: Sarah. Uh, Joanna Joanna Gaines. And Mm -hmm. Chip.
0: Yes. And, oh, I got the last partial credit.
1: Mm -hmm. My husband's sister is a dead ringer for Joanna Gaines. So
0: gorgeous.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. She's exquisite.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Very beautiful. Wow. And very talented. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, well, I finally, finally got some FaceTime with my son, John, who's been Uh. at college for nearly a month. And pretty much I had two very brief FaceTimes with him when he was trying to, he wanted my advice on emails to write to the head of the person who places students in dance classes. And then another super brief one. But other than that, I. I just have heard nothing from him, which I took as a great sign. I mean, on yeah. occasion, he'd send a text or something like that, but very, very brief. And then, or if I would text him, I wouldn't hear from him for a long time. So, oh, he is living the good life. He is just having a great time. And it was so cute. He texted me several photos I don't know maybe 7 or 8 of them and he said mom I'm sending you a bunch of photos when you get them tell me because and then we'll go through them and that's how I'll tell you stories. I'm like, Aww. "Oh, I love having the visual." So <laughs> so one of them was very funny uh was That it is a selfie him and this guy friend of his whose name is Jack, which is, gee, that's not too confusing because John's dad's name is Jack. My husband's name is Jack. And then this gal, May, and the three of them are in the musical theater BFA program together. And John is wearing a suit jacket and a button down shirt and a tie. And Jack is and May are both dressed very businessy. I was like, what's that? So they have some class and it's just like a freshman seminar kind of, I don't know, college success or, you know, setting themselves up Mm -hmm. for success. You know, everybody has all the freshmen have to take it. But it is in the business school uh, building, you know, so where all the business school classes are. And so they thought it would be funny being theater geeks. They thought it'd be funny to go to a thrift store and buy business clothes and then wear those when they go to class there. (laughs) oh gosh <laughs> so the people were like when they got in the class they were like why are you dressed like that and they're like we're in the business school and so he <laughs> his prediction is that now lots of kids will show up wearing business clothes
1: <laughs> well it sounds like he is doing perfectly normal college kid things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so you, yes. did, you did good to prepare him
0: oh thanks and trisha my running buddy she's i sent her a picture and told her a little bit about the story and she texted back he has found his people yeah oh yes he has yes um so it just really warmed my heart and he was just telling all these just one great story after another but then he said i want to hear what's happening at home and so Mm. my husband jack was sitting next to me and he really didn't add much to it and so but i'm like I was telling him about the pets and I'm like, I've been playing a lot of pickleball and my pickleball league started up last Wednesday night and I was the high score and he goes, great job, mom. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Um, so it was it just really made my day so happy, but also sad because it reminded me how much I miss him. Yeah, I my bet. buddy, my buddy. Yeah. All right. Well, today we have a conversation, an important conversation. We are talking about street smart safety for runners. And our guests are two women who wrote a book that debuted just this week. The book is called Street Smart Safety for Women, Your Guide to Defensive Living. And the authors know their stuff. Joy Farrow is a former deputy sheriff, and her co-author is Laura Frombach, a technologist who worked previously in the U.S. Army. The book includes modern strategies for women to develop safety, intuition, and practice defensive living in many different realms. They are the co-founders of Street Smart Safety, and they live in Florida. Joy and Laura, thank you for joining us, and congratulations on your book. Thank you. So great to be here. Nice. Nice. So before we get to the topic at hand, please tell
2: us what you each do for fitness. I run recreationally. I work out probably four or five times a week.
3: I bike probably three, four days a week. I walk at least five miles a day, uh, go to the gym at least five or six times a week, and try and bike three or four miles a day. Nice. Very active. Uh, Laura, tell us about your professional background. My professional background is solely in technology. I worked in tech my entire career, uh, starting with the army, and worked in many Fortune 500 companies, uh, and and still maintain my interest in technology today. I never, never thought it would it would grow to be like this. Interesting. And
2: Joy, how about you? I've worked in law enforcement since '89. Uh, When I started and I retired um, about six years ago, so 28 years, I was a police officer on the road and I finished as a deputy sheriff. Right on.
0: So uh, another mother runner started with a co-authored book and my co-author and I now my business partner knew each other from college. So how did you a a married couple decide to write a book together?
3: Hmm. Joy and I have jointly had an interest in women's safety. Joy, of course, with her professional background, and I—I I come from a family of uh, family violence, really generational family violence—and have done a lot of work surrounding that, the emotional and, and mental recovery from that. And I've learned a lot along the way. And as I said, I have a strong background in tech, and we have noticed the increase in violence against women and knew that together our collaboration could basically result in, you know, since we come from both different backgrounds and have different strengths, that we could really complement each other and provide our experience, particularly to younger women, that perhaps they would not have to go through and understand violence the way that we did. You have anything to add, Joy? Pretty much. I thought
2: working the whole time through my career, the amount of calls that I had to handle repetitively, we just used to talk about it all the time, about the violence against women and a lot of things that I wish women knew or you know would just do things differently. You know, just the the violence was increasing. And, you know, we had thought about writing a book over the years, but, you know, both of us being so professionally involved, it was very hard to sit down and write. So it wasn't until um, we both retired that we decided to take this venture on that actually took a few
3: years. Mm -hmm. And Sarah, if I can add something to what I noticed about Mm -hmm. Joy as a law enforcement officer is that she lives her life regarding her personal safety much differently than I did and much differently than many other people do. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to, I wanted to capture that. And again, share it with women in the hopes that by doing some of the things that Joy does in, you know, just living her daily life, that we could help women reduce their chances of being the victim of a violent crime. Hmm.
0: Give us an example of that, Laura, one or two things that you see Joy doing that you're like, huh, that's not
3: something I'd do, but that seems smart. Sure. One of the things is Joy will not roll her car window down for anyone. Mm. And she came and told me a story one day of two women, actually, who approached her in a mall parking lot. She was off duty. She was shopping and they approached her, knocked on her car window and asked her to roll it down because they wanted to talk to her. Mm. She said, I can hear you through the window. Just go ahead and tell me what you have to say. They tried a couple more times to convince her. She said, well, back up because I'm moving the car. And she left. And she told me about that. And I was appalled. I said, how could you? They may have needed help. And she said, I could hear them through the car window. Mm. They knew I could hear them, yet they kept talking. She said, and everybody has a cell phone. If they really needed help, they could have called. told me I could have called 911 on my cell phone, or they probably more than likely had a cell phone. And, you know, she observed them as they drove away. She saw as she drove away, she saw that they were looking through the parking lot for other people to approach. So that was number oh, one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number two was the precautions that Joy takes when traveling. So she uses a little door jam that physically so you have the little, you know, metal thing on the hotel room. Joy uses an additional door jam so that somebody can't overcome the lock in the hotel and physically force the door open. And so these were, these are just a couple of examples of things that I observed that I certainly didn't do. And I thought, you know what, I'll bet you there's a lot of other people that don't do this type of thing as well. Mm, Mm Interesting.
1: Interesting. So what is the biggest misconception people, or perhaps women in particular, have about being safe
2: in our 21st century world? I'm going to say that they're too kind and too polite. Too polite. And, you know, they think that it's okay to be polite to everybody. And that politeness is being used against them. Mm. You know, we don't want to say well, you know, be rude. What if somebody needs this? But, you know, there are a lot of times where, you know, plenty of people can help out by calling 911 and observing something going on. There are very few times that somebody comes up to you, especially a man, and says, I was wondering if you could help me. Oh, okay. And a woman is just going to go. Well, this has been going on for years and it goes back to Ted Bundy's time. Oh, that's immediately where, what
0: I, my mind immediately went to Ted Bundy and the couch.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how he started. He was very pleasant and, um, he wasn't the only one, but he was a well known one for being good looking and using different tactics. And, you know, unfortunately, why didn't, you know, women Fall for that, but you know it was more like, oh, okay, I'll help you. He's got a broken leg. Oh, he's got a broken arm. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, you know, women tend to want to help everybody, and it backfires. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're we're trying to say that there are other ways to help people, and you don't have to do it by yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. I have three teenagers. Well, one I'm so mm-hmm. twenty one, but so mm-hmm. when someone will come to our door, we live in inner. Our- Portland and um it is not uncommon for people to kind of come up and you know to a door and see if they can get in or check out the house or you know whatever or walk into an unlocked house Mm -hmm. and so my kids are always kind of aghast when people do come up to our front door and say something and I'll be like nope go away you know we're not and and okay yes the person's probably just taking a survey or trying to raise Mm -hmm. money for you know an environmental cause like Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I it's not my responsibility to be cordial. <laughs> to those like, strangers who it, approach my front door
2: exactly, and there have been so that's another one of our big things that we um talk about in the book also is because that's my second biggest thing is so many crimes happen, and it's not just you know children opening the door, which is a danger mm-hmm. uh knock on the door and you know teenage will just go oh it's so and so you know oh, let me see what it is mm-hmm. and they just open the door to whoever. And that's a problem in itself and um, say in a minute, but a lot of times, you know, older people just, Oh, he, Oh, he looks nice. Oh, he's Mm -hmm. got a box. He's got a package. It doesn't matter,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you know, bing bong, put it down, look out the window. If you don't have a people put one in, you don't just open the door. And there have been so many murders and so many Issues that have happened that wouldn't have happened if you did not open the door. Now, of course, you can't help it if somebody forces the door open. That's another story. You know, defend yourself. But opening the door is very hard to push the door closed on somebody once they're standing there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And a lot of time, there are a lot of ploys that they tend to use children or uh, my car broke down or this and that. Then, You know, you're inside, you're in your safe place. You can easily call 911. I have somebody here. I don't know why they're here. You know, the police will come by and check them out. Um, The other thing with children is, you know, and I'm talking even teenagers, Mm -hmm. is the issue with, let's just say you don't want so-and-so coming in. You know, you've had an issue, whatever it is, whether it's an ex or somebody you're not talking to, there's a situation, I don't want this person in the house. And maybe you just didn't tell the children or that, you know, maybe they heard it and they really didn't, oh, it's not that big a deal. I'm just going to let him in. He seems nice enough. And, you know, that tends to be a situation also where they open the door and they've made that
3: decision for you. Mm -hmm. As the the technologist in me says, front door camera, Mm you don't have to open your door for anyone. You can put in a front door camera, look at it on the app, no matter where you are, and see who's at your front door without, you know, breaching that barrier, if you will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I'd like to add, too, is that we as women like to think, you know, as Joy said, that we we're the world Swiss Army knife. That if there's a problem, we're the solution. Mm-hmm. And you know, as women, we're socialized, and and both Joy and I are very, very nice people. We don't want to give you the impression mm-hmm. that we're not. We just go through life being rude and tough. Mm-hmm. We aren't. We're very, very nice people, but we also believe in, in safety. Is that we're not the world Swiss Army knife, and that we are by our nature by our conditioning by whatever we don't want to leave somebody in peril mm-hmm. and predators take advantage of of that mm-hmm. of that trait of ours and by not opening the front door your window your whatever minding your own business keeping your personal safety first and foremost you know you're leaving people to fend for themselves which they would have done if you hadn't come along mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah Yeah.
0: So, so your book covers a wide array of topics from dating safety tips to financial security. So, so given the focus of our podcast and, and and our business, you know, we're going to stay today in the running lane. And so to that, Mm -hmm. to that end, we asked folks on the Another Mother Runner Facebook page to post their questions. And we'll ask those questions after this break, in which we're going to hear from brands that let us bring you this free content. Please support them like they support us. We'll be back shortly.
1: All right, Joy and Laura, let's say that a woman is out running her normal morning run route and she gets a sense that something's not right. Do you feel it's important for women to trust that gut feeling or be led by their intuition?
2: I absolutely do. and That's a reason to stop and look around and Determine why you're getting that feeling all of a sudden. Is it somebody behind you? Are you feeling something in the area? There is. Are, are you uncomfortable in some way? Yes, there
3: there is a reason that you're feeling something. One of the things we talk about is women's safety intuition and We all have it. All human beings have it. It's just our five senses reporting back to us what's going on around us. Animals have it. We've had it since we've been on the Savannah. But the the thing with women is that we are socialized to suppress it, to be nice. So when we get that feeling that something may be off, you're on your run, you start to feel uneasy and you don't know why. Many times women say, we just dismiss our, our thoughts and our feelings and say, oh, it's probably nothing and go on. And so if I can add to what Joy said is when you get that feeling, even if it's just a, a feeling of unease, pay attention to it, act on it. And we strongly suggest that women, when we are out and about, Joy and I do, carry some method of self-defense in your hand while you're running so you don't have to dig for it. You don't have to to fumble for it. It's in your hand. It straps to your hand that you can use it immediately and that you really bring it first and foremost to your mind, not to be afraid, but to be prepared and to be confident that you have the ability to defend yourself if, if you get that nagging feeling. Mm, Awesome.
0: Yeah, we're going to ask a couple more questions about personal safety things in a bit, but but I wanted to dive into the questions from our Facebook community. Sure. And one woman asked, "What time of day have the most reported crimes against runners?" And this woman who asked, she says she's an early morning runner who runs alone, and she's wondering if there is a better time of day with more or less reported incidents. And I have to say that this question piqued my interest because. I have always wondered this. Part of me feels like the bad people are out at night, not as much in the early morning. But I realized that that might be a very naive viewpoint.
2: You know, uh, actually, when I was working, I worked 12 hours. So I worked from uh, six in the morning, six at night. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, you know, early morning joggers were out and the bikers or, you know, exercises, the walkers. Mm -hmm. And we did get a lot of incidents during the day. And it did surprise people, you know, because they would think, no, they're hiding at night. Those are almost like different type of calls at night. Mm. Um, and they were almost easier to spot because there isn't so much traffic out there. So those would be uh, people in a car so you would kind of be able to see them more. But during the day, they seem to blend in more with people. And I guess people don't realize that. Mm. So there tends to be more during the day, mm. which is a surprise. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, um, you know, depending on your area, you can actually go look online for the police departments and see mm. what is you're a high traffic area, we should say, for crime in your area. Mm. You can check. Nice.
1: Sticking with early morning runners, another gal told us she runs alone in the early morning when it's still dark. She asked, is it best to run the same route every day so your family knows where to expect you, or should you change up your routine day to day?
2: That's a twofold one, too, because the changing of routine it is good if, well, I mean, you could still let your family know you could still carry or wear, um, wearable tech. So, uh, you know, they can follow your route that way. You can use your cell phone and they could, you know, still follow your route, especially now with Apple and, you know, all the new apps that are out. But, you know, it depends. There are a lot of people that, uh, see somebody in the morning and you never know who goes, Oh, Oh, there she goes. Six o'clock in the morning again. Huh. Interesting. So it's always good to mix it up, you know, but still let your family know today I'm taking this route Mm -hmm. or, you know, program it in, let them know, but, you know, still be connected. Mm -hmm. But, and if you're a solo runner, you know, and you're not really letting anybody know and, and you do have an, an ex or somebody that you're not, wanting to see you all the time but remember they might have known your routine so Mm. things like that are good to keep in mind i always go to this track you know i don't care this is the track i go to but you know what these are things that you have to think for your own personal safety whether you divorce and it's not a good one or you know issues like that you'd be surprised those are little things that you know you just gotta think of your own safety when you're out running You bring up an interesting point,
0: Joy, that it's not strangers a lot of the times who are perpetrating these crimes.
2: Exactly. It's not. And it is people that you know. You know, the strangers will be, if you're in that area, the opportunist type of stranger. But the problem is interpersonal relationship, Mm -hmm. bad divorces, ones that are on the way out that aren't even divorced, or... You know, just bad, a bad breakup or a breakup that you didn't think was, you know, sometimes that's the time just to change it up, Mm -hmm. you know, or somebody keeps calling you all the time and, oh, I don't want to call them back. That's the time to change up your routine. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So, Laura, as the technology expert, this question seems right up your alley. Uh, Again, it's from our Facebook page. What are the best ways to summon help from smartwatches without drawing attention if you're in an unsafe situation? And now I have to say, listening to the two of you talk, maybe it's not such a bad idea to draw attention, to let the person who maybe is eyeing you know that you're, you know, that you're on to them and that you are calling for for help.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I will talk to your last part first Mm -hmm. is absolutely one of the things joy and I always advocate for is make a scene Mm. predators pick on the easy prey predators want the easy crime Mm -hmm. they want to you know have the crime committed without drawing attention to themselves Mm -hmm. So that said, there are a number of things that you can wear. There's the sonic alarms that will draw attention to you. There, as Joy said, there's wearable tech Mm -hmm. that will follow you. There's also smart uh, pepper spray. Mm -hmm. And so the pepper spray connects to a Bluetooth app that will summon your family that will notify your family where you are, that the pepper spray has been launched. And, you know, for an additional, I don't know, a couple bucks a month, you can pair it to another application that will notify law enforcement. Hmm. So you can have a variety of technical aids. And And Joy and I are thrilled to see this that will not only let your family know where you are, but will notify people in the event that you've had to defend yourself. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I do have to say here in Portland, Oregon, the police are really overworked and stretched Mm -hmm. thin. And Mm -hmm. I hear you all talking about calling 911 and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. I have to say that, you know, you go on next door enough and you see that like a lot of calls just don't get responded to. I mean, mm-hmm. ha, I don't oh, know. How, how do you? How, no. In in cities in particular, it seems like where where the police are overworked and and um, mm-hmm. maybe not responding mm-hmm. as one would hope. Do, hmm. uh, is there? Uh, you, I don't know. How, is there some code word that you can say that makes it so your
2: call is going to get the attention? Um. Yes, if you feel that there's like, let's say, if you're at home and um. You know, I heard glass breaking in the back. Mm. I heard somebody scream behind my house. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the dog's barking and I am not going out back there. The dog would never bark and there's something back there. Mm -hmm. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, you come home and the door is open or something that, you know, you've secured, you know, those are reasons to call the police and not go in the house yourself and say, I'm not going in the house. And, you know, you need to send somebody out here. This car has been following me, you know, something. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Because we do have non-emergency number, a non-emergency yes. number here in, in Portland. And, right. and, you know, the law enforcement are kind of trying to siphon a bunch of people to that. So 911 won't be overwhelmed. So if maybe if it's, I mean, do you think if it's just your spidey sense going off when you're running and there's not something, you know, and someone's not approaching you?
2: Yeah, I'm going to say they're not going to come out for that. Mm -hmm. I I mean, unless you had something, they would probably ask, did you see anything or, um, you know, just some more questions. So did you get any calls? Is there anybody in the area? Uh, You know, something. To just let them know, but um, yes, they use 911 for, am I injured? Is somebody else injured? What is happening right now? Uh, You know, this guy just grabbed my purse. Uh, They wouldn't even come out if your car window was, you know, broken. Oh, of course. Oh, Oh, yeah.
0: You know, you're you know that, yeah. You know know. that that they're not going to come for uh, a car break-in. You drive
2: that thing home like that. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, we called, uh, my running partner and I, a bunch of years ago, we called or had a, we we were running without our cell phones. I know shame on us, but <laughs> we, um, we're right near a, a mother runner that I know. We were right near her house when we encountered um, the pantsless man. This man who had Ooh. been running around parts of Portland um, mm-hmm. naked from the waist down, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and so we were, and boy, I tell you, I just so it was it was dark out, and he was running on a um, crossing a street that was perpendicular to ours. And I was so engaged talking to my friend Molly that I didn't, and it was dark. I didn't notice that he wasn't wearing pants. And so Molly says to him, you really need to put on some pants. No. No. And, oh my gosh. So, and so he was like, oh, someone's going to engage me in conversation. Right. Oh. And so he's like, why? And she's like, because that's not the right thing to do. And but I switch into like emergency mode right. and I say really loudly with my deep, loud voice, we have a friend who lives right over there and we are going to her house and have her call 9 And that's exactly what we did. And boy, because... Particularly because this was a repeat um, offender, and someone else had just called in a report uh, a couple of minutes before us. It turned out, boy, the police were there, you know, in a heartbeat. Right.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, we used to get the weird calls like that. Oh I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. guys running around with no clothes on. You know, you know yeah. what's coming next. Right. So that's a definite problem. Yeah. Sarah, exactly.
3: I I, I want to dovetail on that by one of the things that we talk about. Mm-hmm. as well, is don't hesitate to call 911. One mm-hmm. of the things that Joy had said is that sometimes people are reluctant to call 911. But you know what? If you are reluctant, you don't know what other calls that that the police right. are getting, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you may be the third or fourth call that somebody has called in that mm-hmm. about, you know, the same situation. And maybe one person calling it in may not trigger an emergency but several people calling it in just like you described all of a sudden it goes from you know being a nuisance call to oh this is something we got to go out and take care of
2: right right
3: or they're trying
2: to you know or they're trying to locate them and they're like oh you know we don't right we, we lost them we didn't see oh great somebody called us
0: right exactly yeah our call was like i said just a few minutes after the someone mm-hmm. else who had called but that runner or walker or whoever was. I don't know, about a mile, mile and a half away. So from from that, they decided that he probably has a car that he's doing. he was doing this mm-hmm. in. So because, yep. you know, there's no mm-hmm. way to dash from one place to the other, to the other so quickly.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, you know, when you're calling 911, you're getting your incident and your name on tape. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's also a good safety thing, you know, for the person calling. So... If you're out there and they go, well, we'll get somebody by. Okay. Then you, you know, you call back and you go, well, I'm still out here. Mm -hmm. So it's on tape Mm. until you hang up or, you know, they hang up on you. So you could keep talking and you're on tape and they have the exact time you call, you know, you tell them your location all the time. Whenever you're calling 911, by the way, you always give your location Mm. because in case something happens, just hi. Hi. This is Sarah. Okay. Well, if you haven't gotten out your location Mm -hmm. first, Mm -hmm. where are you? You know, there may be somebody right around the corner and now they don't have anything. Mm -hmm. So, just a point is whether you're at home or wherever you are on a cell phone, you always get that out first. Mm -hmm. Good to know. Let's talk about
1: gear what to wear, what Mm -hmm. to carry. One woman told us she's heard mixed reviews about carrying loud alarms like birdie for self defense. Mm -hmm. What are the best or most effective defensive devices to carry?
2: I like to use the pepper spray. So that's that's one. I don't go anywhere without some form of pepper spray either in my hand or attached to my purse. And I like the loud sonic. Mm. You know, somebody is going to hear and that that decibel sound is very loud. You know, you could hear that at the end of a football field and that's what you want. So they can't defend you, but that it's just one piece. So it is good to have something else. I also carry a, a tactical pen, which in case somebody's going to grab your arm, you can stab at them. And that, you know, gives you something, you know, a little bit of an edge, it, you know, breaks a car
3: window, things like that. When I'm out and about, and I'm out before it gets late every morning, Mm -hmm. I like to carry bear spray Mm -hmm. because, as we mentioned earlier, you know, we live in an area with coyotes. However, you know, two-legged coyotes, four-legged coyotes, bear spray goes in a stream, a pepper spray, intense pepper spray, 30 feet. So that will keep somebody or something from getting close to you. And I can verify for it personally because we've also used it against dogs that get out of their house. And, you know, I'm walking my dog, the dog, you know, somebody goes to check their mail or maybe goes out for a run themselves and they open the door, the dog gets out and they make a beeline for the dog and I. Mm. Well, the pepper spray, the bear spray has stopped it. You know, the big 80 pound golden was coming right at me. And the pepper spray broke off the attack 20 feet away. So wow. that's my favorite when out and about. Mm-hmm. Joy mentioned pepper spray. And we also are big fans of pepper gel. Now, oh. pepper gel mm-hmm. does not go as far as pepper spray. But the advantage in close quarters, so close quarters meaning what? If Five or six feet?
2: Yeah. If somebody was coming up from behind you and you know, within standing distance or, or, grabbed you. So the pepper spray sticks to their face, pepper gel. Mm. Oh, pepper gel. I'm sorry, sticks to their face. Unlike pepper spray, pepper spray will hit an area, but it shoots out, you know, a little more like droplets. A, right. Mm. Where this sticks to your face and it's gonna get in the eyes, it's gonna get in their nose, and it's very hard to continue an attack when, well, you can't breathe or you can't see. So that's your
3: that's your way to get away. Mm-hmm. The other advantage to Pepper Joe as well is that it will mark their face with a die. So oh. sort of like the die mm-hmm. that's used to in banks to mark money. Mm-hmm. Yes. This mm-hmm. will mark the perp's face with uh Die that they can see under UV light. So law enforcement can tell once they oh. get the mess off their face that it will mark them.
0: Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask though, Laura, that that you used bear spray against somebody's gold retriever or whatever it was. I mean, I just see the owner of that dog, like suing you <laughs> up the wazoo. I mean, I just like, what did, no. the, did, the, did the, you know, I mean, I don't know. What what was well, the outcome it, of that? It doesn't it doesn't. You know they were because well, because they were I happy I, I, <laughs> because <laughs> I asked because we did get questions on our mm-hmm. Facebook page about people mm-hmm. being like, what about the dogs that come after me? You mm-hmm. know the the ones that are out in yards that don't have any leashes or you know fences mm-hmm. around. We get that a lot on our Facebook page.
3: Well, the thing is with bear spray is it doesn't injure the animal, mm-hmm. and you're right, the owner was not happy mm-hmm. and he said to me as he was comforting his dog who was, you know, rubbing its face on the lawn and trying to get the pepper, the bear spray off Mm -hmm. is he said, I think you overreacted. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Mm -hmm. You know, I could have had something other than bear spray. And I will tell you though, as an aside, that we saw the owner and the same dog out and about a few days later. So that's why I feel comfortable with bear spray is it will stop the attack, but mm-hmm. it's not going to injure the animal permanently. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and that's the other mm-hmm. thing too, about pepper spray and pepper gel and, you know, bear spray and all of this, it's not going to injure somebody permanently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's going to stop the attack, which is exactly what you want it to do. But, you know, there's not going to be any long-term effects.
0: Right. And I think it also goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning that people, particularly women, are too kind and too polite. So mm-hmm. I got to say, I kind of give you kudos for being like, hey, I feel really threatened by this dog that's lunging at me. And I'm going, mm-hmm. I have something in my hand that I can do something about this, that I can change mm-hmm. the situation so I have a more positive outcome. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. So, on an even more serious note, for people who opt for concealed carry, do you have any advice on accessories or methods of carrying the weapon while running? Because we've heard from gals over the years about sports bras that accommodate a small firearm. So, could you just
2: touch on that topic of concealed carry? Yeah. The small weapons can work in there. You have to realize that. You should really train and it might be a little difficult at a range, but you need to train to get the weapon out. Mm. So, um, I'm not a fan of that. I would, you know, like to say maybe more in the, um, you know, I'm, I know that it would stay there, but I would say more in your pants and an inside holster. Mm -hmm. Uh, now they have pancake holsters that won't slip around so very small uh flat weapon you know in there and it's easier to train at a range and you do want to train i mean even if you wear it on your ankle and you're running i wore one at work i mean we couldn't just put one on and never train with it because if you can't pull that gun out of there And somebody attacks you and gets that gun before you do, Mm -hmm. you know, there's your problem. Mm -hmm. So no matter where you carry it and, you know, you always want to be able to get it out and know that if you're getting it out, you're firing it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an intriguing question from someone on our Facebook page. She Mm -hmm. asked if she should wear a lighted vest so vehicles see her when she runs before the sun rises or after it sets or... Should she remain dark, so predators don't see her as easily. I
2: like the vest I realize the predator idea, but you know on the other hand, people do get hit by cars, especially if they're wearing earbuds so you know depending on the area that you're you're running in you know if you don't want to wear a vest and you're you know you're running on a sidewalk but but it is a good idea to be away from the cars or else you know run in the opposite direction so that cars' not going to come up behind you because that's another thing um sometimes predators do is they sneak up behind you in a car mm. and knock runners or bicyclists with a car mm. so just
3: mm. something to think about either way yeah and as somebody who's out before dawn every morning i would concur with the best Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i have to say joy did you by any chance know any stats as to whether there's more instance i would assume living here in portland oregon where there's a ton of runners and bikers that there are way more instance of people being hit by a vehicle than people those active people being attacked by a a human Mm -hmm. predator
2: yes there are Mm -hmm. plenty uh here Mm -hmm. Uh, in our area. And uh, sad, yeah. I had a a friend uh, down south when I was in uh, South Florida was uh, out running and tragically uh, hit from behind. Mm. And uh, she had a a severe uh, head injury. You know, one of those things when they come up behind you uh, like that, especially when you're wearing earbuds and now, you know, everybody wants to be in their own zone and turn the mm-hmm. music up but that's something that you, you got to think about is that sometimes it's hard to hear somebody in sneakers coming up behind you so or, it's or even to, a car right you No, know, they go yeah. slow you'd be surprised right yeah, yeah or electric vehicles yeah mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so
0: yeah th- and i think that's what you know i think we've been talking so much about you know someone attacking someone else and that i I guess I do really cuz it drives me nuts when I see people running or biking with no lights on no you know reflective yeah, vests I mean. things like that and then that, mm-hmm. that you do really have to kind of go for the you know, most common incident there is. And it's people, it's runners, walkers, cyclists being hit by cars or mm-hmm. being hit by bikes, um, yeah. which, yes. which can also, you know, be dangerous. So, or scooters, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's so easy to, you know, that is not going to a, a range and learning how to get your concealed carry weapon out of your ankle. It is putting on, you know, a couple blinking lights. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to make fun of it or make light of it. No, gosh, that was a bad pun. Um, (laughs) That that wasn't good (laughs) for me. So, So so yeah. So, you know, but but gosh, because, you know, here I am, an avid lifelong runner. And still, (laughs) when I'm driving to that, you know, strength class at ODark 30, you Mm -hmm. know, I oftentimes won't see somebody and you'll have to, you know, suddenly slam on the brake because they're Mm -hmm. crossing in front of me or whatever. So, right. And, Gosh, you just think how distracted drivers are these days. So, there I will, I will, yeah, there I, I I oftentimes get on that soapbox, so I will get off of it now. Um, (laughs) So, so, yeah. So, but going back to predators, because someone Mm asked, and they say, Mm -hmm. if it comes to it and you need to get physical with another person, what's the best thing to do to get away? And while someone else asks, how do I defend myself from attackers?
2: Okay. Uh, If they're going to grab you from behind, let's say, They're going to grab you around the neck. The first thing that you want to do is, you know, you're going to pull against that. So quickly before you do anything else, and if you're going to get a weapon out now, where's that weapon? Right? So you want to move your neck to the corner of their arm. So immediately you'll always be able to breathe. Mm. So while you're doing this, you're turning towards them and, you know, by this time, either A, if you had spray with you or it's something in your hand, if you have nothing with you, you can kick the knee. Mm. So you can't run if you kick the knee backwards. So, you know, if you think you're going to aim any higher, you're not. But you're going to be able to get their knee. You're going to be able to get something on their face, you know, because of the way they're turning you. So you're turning, you know, to the corner of their arm so you can breathe. So that's the first thing they always want to remember is anybody grabs you from behind, turn your head to the corner of their arm so you can breathe. To the inside of their elbow. To the inside of the elbow so you can breathe. And then that way, while you're turning, no matter which way you're going, you will be able to kick at their knee or... Or you can
3: fall back and you will slide out under them. Mm. And Unfold. and I can tell you personally that I have been attacked from behind. And mm. I did exactly that. I'm, I'm not a large person. And people, a couple, a number of predators have incorrectly profiled me and grabbed me from behind. And I didn't even know joy then. But I have I come from a violent background. My family is, you know, with domestic and family violence. And so I turned my head and what I did was I slid down before they had a chance to tighten up against my head. And mm. I was able to get out that way. And they were so surprised. Two of them were so surprised that I was able to turn around and quite actually, I had no weapons and punched them in the throat.
0: Mm. Mm. Wow, yeah. Laura. So, and Laura, to be clear, these were people that you knew or the, these were No, these were strangers. strangers. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Because they thought, oh, small little woman, easy pickings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. Five, 300 pounds.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Well, before
1: we let you go, is there anything you think we haven't covered that might be helpful for women runners and
2: walkers to know or think about? Just be aware, like we said, of your safety intuition. And, you know, if you feel something's off, stop change your route do something else but you know don't shake it off so
3: and periodically look behind you Hmm. and Hmm. as the tech person i would encourage you while you're running to keep your headphones in transparency mode so you want to put them you know with you just want to be in the zone and whatever but instead of putting them in noise cancellation Put your buds in transparency mode so you can still hear what you can hear your music or your podcast, mm-hmm. but you can still hear what's going on around you.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I wear aftershocks, which sit, mm-hmm. they conduct by um, bone conductivity. Mm-hmm. And and oh, I'm, not, I'm not on the take from aftershocks. I just uh, bought a new pair because my one's finally um, crapped out on me. But um, yeah, I just adore being able to hear things and, and mm-hmm. whether that's pleasant, that so the birds or, you know, a friend or neighbor saying hi to me, but also being able to hear, you know, traffic and if anyone were to come up behind me, that sort of thing. So important. Right.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And just be, you know, be leery of the so-called stranger that, you know, suddenly wants to be friends on your on your new route, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so just keep them at an arm's distance and just think about your own personal safety Mm -hmm. while still being friends. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, maybe have a a different uh, definition of what polite means when you're out in the the world. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. All Mm -hmm. right. Well, Joy and Laura, thank you so much for talking with
3: us today, and we wish you a world of success with your book. Thank you so much, Sarah and Liz. It was really a pleasure being here. Thank you for having us on. Thank you. All
0: right, Liz. Well, a lot to digest and think about.
3: Definitely.
1: Lots of great safety ideas uh, and just helps... I don't know. You just got the sense that you really need to always be on your toes and like their book said, just
0: on the defense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medore from Fire on the Bluff. Liz, you got your sticking with early morning runners question.
1: Yes. Sorry, coughing fit oh. there.
0: Oh, coughing oh, fit.
2: Sorry. Yeah, she has a <laughs> she has a dry cough, so she was on mute. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> worth saying.